Ace is the place with the helpful hardware, folks. It's Ace's biggest LED light bulb sale of the year. Right now, buy one, get one free on our best-selling LED light bulbs. Our four-pack of LED bulbs is $9.99, and our two-pack of LED floodlights is only $12.99. Buy one, get one free. There's no limit on how much you can save, so stock up now. Hurry in. Buy one, get one free on long-lasting 10-year LED bulbs, now through Monday, only at your neighborhood Ace. See participating stores for details. Locked On Trailblazers, your daily Portland Trailblazers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Hello and welcome to an October 10th Monday episode recording on a Sunday of the Locked On Blazers podcast. I'm your co-host, Eric Garcia Gunderson writer for BlazersEdge.com and the former Blazers beat writer for the Vancouver Columbian, and I'm joined by my co-host, Dane Carbaugh. How are you, Dan? Doing well, man. How are you? Doing good, man. Just, uh, I got back from Ashland, uh, spent the weekend there, went to a wedding. Uh, I was glad that I avoided the TVs everywhere I was, because I didn't have to see, I didn't watch any of the Oregon debacle this weekend. Not that we didn't know that it was coming, yeah, but it still sucked, and yeah, it, it was one way to get out, get away from that. It was great weather, super sunny, that was awesome. Um, but uh, yeah, no, it was it came back. It was kind of gloomy, rainy, you know. <laughs> back to back to the fall in Oregon, you know. Uh, yeah, yeah, it's good. Good to be back. Yeah, I was waiting for. We had such heavy, heavy, heavy rain up here in Seattle. I was waiting for. Uh, it would have been a blessing, really, for the power to go out during the Oregon Washington game on saturday i was oh, just sitting here okay. waiting it never happened i had to watch the whole thing unfortunately and i'm sure so. i'm sure you and maybe <laughs> perhaps you heard neighbors just going crazy at, at certain points. no <laughs> actually i didn't hear I, I hear people screaming about seahawks games um and of course i you know i i had to let out a yell uh well two two plays in a row given that they fumbled the opening kickoff and Prukop, I guess I, he didn't. Or sorry, not Prukop. Uh, Herbert uh, ha, ha, had a record, <laughs> had a recorded pick in the for, the for the first throw of the game. Um, so they 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 heard me yelling, of course. But it it wasn't it wasn't too bad. I, I was I was okay watching it. You know, it got me yeah. through the weekend. Yeah, yeah, it was all right. You know, it's too bad. Yeah. This is how things go in sports. But sorry to go on a duck tangent of our sad duck fan moment. But we both <laughs> did did go to Oregon, so. Uh, forgive us for uh, mourning uh, a dark day for our school, <laughs> but yeah. um, the Blazers are uh, still doing some interesting stuff. It was preseason. We got some more tape on the guys. We got some tape, preseason tape for the first time on Noah Vonley and Jake Lehman, both mm-hmm. guys. And the Blazers actually won their preseason game against the Phoenix Suns on Friday, one fifteen, one ten. Uh, sparked late by Noah Vonley, which was a surprise to everyone because I don't think anyone is expecting, even in a preseason game, Noah Vonley to like spark the Blazers to a win. But he had 14 points, 14 rebounds. Best player in the game was Devin Booker for Phoenix. Had 34, going to work in the post. Like that, Phoenix is going to be good. 
I mean, I mean, Devin, summer Devin, summer Devin league Booker. blazer killer Devin Booker, man. Devin Booker, that guy. Be good. Yeah, sorry. Yeah, he he's going to be good. And I mean, obviously, we saw the same sort of chippiness. There's uh, the Suns and the Blazers are an interesting rivalry because we had a lot of tough. Uh, we we saw a lot of tough games between those two teams during the Jeff Hornacek era, um, and now that has sort of continued starting sort of picking back up with summer league this year where Devin Booker had 31 or 32 points, him and Luis Montero were going back and forth, uh, you know, chirping at each other. Uh, and it was a little, a little overly competitive for a summer league game. And then we saw that again in the preseason on Friday. Yeah. They, I mean, they were going, they were like, I mean, it was like a regular season game. Like the sun's kind of like, I mean, they're a young team, obviously, and their coach is really young, and they're trying to get them. It feels like you know Portland's obviously one of the more established teams, and it seemed like watching that game, it did seem like Phoenix really wanted to come out and make a statement, and like kind of mm. they kind of wanted to go after that win. Like, I mean, it wasn't like they were like taking it easy out there. Not to say the Blazers were taking it easy either, but um, Booker was just a, a monster. Uh, going to work in the post in and like oh, in a way that like most guards don't do anymore. Mm-hmm. Like it used to be a very like '90s things that the guards would post up. He was doing it super efficiently. But of course, while you're here, you want us to talk about the Blazers. Noah Vonleh was excellent. What did you think about that game? Obviously, it was a preseason game. Uh, I mean, what do you, what, what do you think about his performance uh, in in that win? It was certainly surprising. Uh, I think that nobody, we didn't get a chance for the camera to cut to it, but I assume that if uh, the broadcast cameras had cut to Neil O'Shea, he'd just be doing the Birdman hand rub at some point in time, <laughs> maybe, yeah. maybe for the entire the entire fourth quarter, uh, because he did have a 14-14 and 14 game. Maybe it was him uh, letting out those twists that he had in and just went for the full, because uh, he's got like a six or seven inch throw now. He's just rocking it. Maybe, maybe that's where he got his power from. I don't know. But he he absolutely dominated, and they ran they ran that loop we saw. They went to I think three or four possessions in a row. They ran that they ran that loop that they used to run for Lamarcus, where they, where they swing it down to the to the left wing or the left block, depending on where he's standing. It was just ridiculous. And 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 you, we were talking about before we got on the cat uh, on the podcast. You know he was given Marquise Chris every up and under move, every fake double shoulder move. Lefty he was given hooks, the like, lefty hooks. Yeah, like he, Base, he yeah going baseline. Come on. No, it was incredible. I've never seen him play with that much confidence before. And yeah, I, yeah, I don't know if that had to do with maybe the fact that it was Chris Guardium, who's a little, you know, he's not really that big, not like a guy. He's a guy that he could kind of move around easily, but it wasn't like he was just like going into the post and like overpowering him. Like he was hitting the mm-hmm. hook shot. He was in the jump shot, the mid range shots, um, had a moment where like he almost inhaled a shot, but it had a little bit of a foul. Uh, on that shot, but that still got the bench crazy. I mean, it was it was wild, and like you said, yeah, they dusted off like the old Lamarcus plays for Vonley <laughs> down the stretch of that game, and it was it was it was weird. Like it was like you know, like they were like it, it, it was like that was as like animated as I've ever seen like uh, a team's bench in the at the end of a preseason game. The thing I liked about it, and I, you said it correctly, is that he seemed like he was confident, and that's an important. Thing for a player of his, um, essentially of sort of of his skill set that we've seen, and of his age, because a lot of times I think if you're going up against a guy, you know, Marquise Chris was dunking all over the place and play with a lot of emotion, a lot of outward emotion, and Vonley typically is not that kind of guy, and it's good that he didn't get he didn't get dug into that same channel. He used whatever emotion he was using. The look on his face stayed the same, but he clearly was like, "Give me the ball. I know what we're gonna do." And their coach was like. 
we're going to run some plays for him. So I, I really like that portion of it because if he can be confident with it while, while being in control, that's a huge step forward for him. And, and uh, if you're going to end up giving him some of those really sought after minutes in the front court this season at all, that's huge. Right. And he's a guy that they, you know, in theory, they could play at four. In theory, they could play at five, um, you know, with, with small ball lineups. But there's a huge log jam there. I, but the thing is, is that like, here's, it's hard. You can't expect what he gave you to be a regular thing. But no. if he starts to deliver, play with a little bit more confidence, and obviously he's not going to get the usage and the touches that he got in the Blazers offense. But like, if he plays with a little bit more confidence and he can give you a little bit more defensively, like I could see it being a situation where he plays his way into some minutes. I mean, granted he's young and that's going to come with its own set of problems, but I mean, I almost think it's worth it to have that because, like, what he could potentially do for you defensively if he could stay out there and if he's decent enough on offense, I mean, that's going to create some problems and even, you know, give Terry Stotts more kind of good problems to have when it comes to the rotation. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I agree. And I think overall, we know that Vonley, given his age, he's the kind of player that Olshay looks at and he's probably at least another two years in development away, Mm -hmm. if not three uh, including this season. And so I don't necessarily see that as being, obviously it's preseason. We talked about this, um, last time that this is not necessarily going to tell you anything that's super different, um, about what's going to happen this season, especially with developing players. But it does give me an insight that things are moving forward. And we've seen that with preseason when, um, you know, Damian changes whether, whether or not he's getting to the rim or how he's getting to the rim. We've seen that with the year that all of a sudden Myers Leonard in the summer league came out shooting threes and all of a sudden preseason he's in threes. That's a big shift. And if we can see some confidence from Vonley, this could be the, the preseason we look back to in two years and say that was the shift. We, we saw we saw this big step forward in this one aspect of his game, and that could be important. Yeah, uh, I think also, yeah, I, I think it's also important for him too because I feel like he – you know, you read the comments that he had after Summer League. You know, he told Mike Richmond how disappointed he was with how he played and how he performed in Summer League. And he wasn't very good in Summer League. I mean, he was worse this year than he was last year in his first Summer League with the Blazers. And uh, to have him kind of bounce back that way, have a really positive impact on the game and show that he's having making steps forward. I mean, everybody on the Blazers talks about how hard he works you know, he's just so young. So it's like it takes time for all that to come together. And it seemed like, like you said, you know, it was maybe a step forward last night. Yeah. And I, I see a couple things that I've seen of Myers Leonard, too, in terms of especially when it comes to Good defense. Yeah. You know, Vonley uh, got in foul trouble in summer league. And maybe some of the help for him playing against the Suns was that he's going against a rookie in Marquise Chris, who just came out of Washington and Alex Land, who I think had foul trouble in that preseason game as well. So, you know, maybe the competition isn't that snuff, but a lot of his mistakes, especially on the defensive side of the ball end up being the same things where you can tell that, uh, he's a half step slow because he's, he goes to make one movement off of something that he's done for the last 15 years. Mm-hmm. And then he remembers, Oh, it's actually this. We did this, 30 times in practice yesterday and then he's and then he's behind somebody and that's how you get wax on the elbows that's how you get uh you know digs at guys that are a half second too late and they end up being slap fouls uh, so things like that and so that's that's kind of 
what I've seen him do. I see him not necessarily in the same exact way, but still almost like thinking through his training. Mm-hmm. And you can see it. One, you can see that, okay, it's at least sunk in because he's, he's, his brain has some recall of it, obviously, in game. But also that he still has to have instant recall of that. It has to be his nature, not right. just his, uh, his training. Right. It has to be reaction. And that's, I think, yeah, like you said, with Myers Leonard, that's the perfect example to draw from. And I think it's a perfect kind of track that maybe Blazer fans hope that Vonley will kind Mm -hmm. of follow is that like hardworking guy, you know, maybe isn't ready in his early years, not doesn't have a whole lot of NBA experience. And so didn't have a lot of college experience either like Myers Leonard. So really, truly a project. But I feel like, you know, last night we saw something that it's a glimpse of something what Vonley showed was kind of a glimpse of something that the Blazers don't really have anything. They don't have anybody else on their team that can give them what Vonley could give them. Mm, and yeah. so I think that's one of the, the cool things about the Vonley. And, and that was what's cool about Myers Leonard too, when he was, you know, starting out in like kind of that young players that like, you know, you see him and you, you know, but we didn't really see that package kind of come out until like, you know, like late in like his third season. You know, and so we'll see how it comes out with Vonley, who's in his third season. I have a question for you. Do you think uh, you could look at it two ways in terms of Vonley's situation? One, that it's unfortunate that he's packed behind five or six players in the front court and he might can't find any minutes and he's so young. Or two, that he has time to develop and it doesn't hurt the Blazers to keep him on the team and invest essentially um, – you know, coaching equity and time equity into him. Mm-hmm. Do you think it's a detriment to him, to his mental state, to be trapped behind it, especially since you've been in that locker room more than I have? Or do you think it's better for him to be on this squad because he doesn't have to play right away and it's good for the Blazers? I think ultimately it's good for him and it's good for the Blazers because last year, you know, they, they tried to get him out there and they found some spot minutes for him. But last year was really a development year. But like now... He can work with the Blazers. He can work with their coaches. He can play against their players in practice. He can play against Ed Davis and Plumlee and My- and Myers Leonard, who are all going to be very, you know, they're going to be getting minutes. They're going to be NBA contributors, and he's going to go against them every day. And I think that's ultimately good. And I think that's what the Blazers have. I'm, uh, oh, that's what they want. And I think that that's what they've had. Like what made the transition from Aldridge and Matthews and Batum and Lopez to this team now much easier is that they had basically another team getting ready in the pipeline. Like they had another core of guys that were the same age getting ready in the same pipeline. And I think for Vonley, his situation could be, you know, they don't need him to contribute right now. And he's not going to get thrown into situations where, you know, maybe he's not, he's not going to be in a position to succeed. And uh, I think, Last year they put him in the best position to succeed and it was still hard. And I think it's still I think it's good for him to be nurtured in that way because I think it worked out well for a lot of the guys on the Blazers. Like it worked out well for CJ McCollum to be nurtured a little bit and kind of be behind. It worked out well for Will Barton, who's in Denver now, to kind of be behind the seeds and be nurtured. Myers Leonard, same thing. Uh, you know, and I and Alan Crabb, same thing. So mm-hmm. I, you know, I, I think that this is a thing with the Blazers culture, and I think that Vonley you know, I think it's good for him to be in Portland, period. And I think it's, you know, I, I think it's him, it's good for him to be on the bench. So, and I, right now what we're seeing, this is what preseason should be for, you know, like Festus, we, we know what Festus Zeely can do and he doesn't have to play. He's not going to play. Like we know what 
Plumley can do and we know what Myers Leonard can do, but you know, seeing what guys like you know Vonley can do, that's what we want to see. Uh Jake Lehman played, uh transitioning from the Vonley uh conversation. Good good talk on Noah Vonley. But uh Jake Lehman played 14 minutes, didn't really do anything um of of importance. Uh he had two personal fouls, 14 minutes, one rebound, no points, no shot attempts. Um he ran, he's athletic. I have nothing to say about Jake Lehman. Um, uh, his hair looks good when he runs. It falls perfectly back into place. And obviously, he's a bald man. I'm very jealous good, of that. Good-looking blazer, for sure. Definitely. He, he, he looks like an extra in like a Steve Larson movie. <laughs> yes. Yes. I, I, I can agree with that. I, I, don't, I, don't, I can't tell you right now that I've seen a Steve Larson movie, but I'm, I'm just nodding along right now. Girl with a dragon tattoo. Just, oh, you know. duh. okay. Yeah, yeah, of course. Okay, yeah. All right. All right, yeah. I'm not as well read, clearly. But yeah. <laughs> no, Jake Lehman uh, made his return, though, so that's positive. And then I guess we can transition from this into the Blazers' next preseason game, which is Tuesday. And the big news about that game is Myers Leonard is going to be officially on the roster. He's supposed to play. He was supposed to, he came back to practice yesterday. Uh, so Myers Leonard, we're going to get our first chance to see him. Um, and I guess we'll see. He's probably not going to start. I think Plumlee's going to start. They'll probably change small forward again like they did. But um, what are you looking to see from Myers Leonard? Obviously, the number one thing with Myers is always confidence. And I, I feel like he has that after hearing a lot of what he said over the course of the offseason. One, that um, – you know, as hard as it, is, as it is to get through physical therapy, that his physical therapy went well. He said at the beginning of summer that it was already going quicker than it should have. And he said that, oh, it, it's going to be, it's probably going to happen. And my doctors told me it's probably going to happen that I'll be on earlier. We all took that as with a grain of salt, I suppose. And then here we are. He is a little bit early to be on the court. So happy about that. He also said that last summer or last year was, you know, the, the worst year of his, one of the worst years of his life. Um, professionally, I think, mm-hmm. yeah. in terms of having to, you know, be in that position, <clears throat> fighting for that contract, having made all the progress that he made and going from really somebody that fans didn't like very much to somebody that fans absolutely love. They love the skill set and he uh, really honed in on something and, and found a team. He's obviously on a team that believes in him and knows what he can do. And then all of a sudden this crushing blow where he messes up his, uh, you know, his non-shooting shoulder. Mm-hmm. Like what a bummer. So I'm looking forward to seeing him come out with sort of, uh, you know, the other thing about Myers is that he's also still pretty young. And I think him maturing both uh, essentially as an adult and, you know, mm-hmm. being married and building a life and, you know, exploring Oregon and sort of having it seems like he's sort of rounding out and getting more comfortable in who he is as, as weird as, and as maybe philosophical and preachy as that sounds. No, it's not. But I think, it's not at all. I think, you know, for a guy who like Myers, who's pretty cerebral and that kind of stuff can affect how he plays on the court. It, it looks good to me. So I'm, I'm excited to see if he can continue to, to do what he does. Cause we saw, you know, two, what, two summer leagues ago that he was willing to just kind of let fly from three. And now it's pretty solidified that, you know, we saw against the playoff series in Memphis, Two years ago, like, all right, this is this is who you are. So if, if he's built upon that, built upon that confidence, comes back out, 
yeah, let's do it. And and we know that he's a an underrated defender in the post. So I'm I'm interested to see. I'm interested to see a little bit how that is because that feels like that could be something that could regress a little bit or take more time to knock the rust off. Mm-hmm. Yeah, especially since he couldn't really can't really do that shoulder too. It's like yeah, like he would use his kind of like the way he plays post defense is like his body, his arms, his strength, and so it's like might be a little while before he's able to like really absorb those blows like he was able to. Right. And in terms of not being able to go through practice, like, you know, with hit pads, with, with a coach and stuff, you can't bang into those shoulders. So, mm-hmm. you know, uh, was he working on those specific, all that footwork? Is he changing to be more of a leverage person with his lower body? You know, I, I don't know. But yeah, just to, I don't think he was able to. We saw him, you know, shooting because um, he injured his non-shooting shoulder. We saw him shooting, you know, I don't know, two months ago or something where he said he took so many shots. He he wore his other shoulder out or wore his wrist out or something. Mm-hmm. But uh, in terms of defense and, and getting that back and a big part of obviously his defense is, you know, that um, that those instincts. And so if he didn't have time to get that like that game time or that practice time. How, are we going to see a regression there or is it going to be rusty? How's that going to work? I mean, it is the Lakers. It is preseason. So uh, the, the, again, the perfect thing for preseason, this is the perfect, uh, you know, time to get a good look and get some real game minutes for him. Yeah. And he's going to get a chance to, you know, he's going to get a chance to get some real reps here to the place of pick and roll. The Lakers are going to be running. I haven't watched what the Lakers are doing, but I'm assuming they're going to be running something better, some kind of actual offense, Unlike what they were doing last year, you know, with Byron Scott, they have Luke Walton in there. They have D'Angelo Russell. So they have lots of guys that are good at handling the ball. Clarkson, Russell, you know, guys that will put them in pick and roll situations. So, you know, Myers will have a chance. We'll see how, you know, how his pick and roll defense is doing, perhaps. Um, And really, uh, I'm excited to see how he plays defensively as well. I think the offense is pretty solidified. I do want to see, though. Um, what other stuff he kind of has incorporated, if he has really incorporated anything else offensively, because we know he can shoot, but what happens when teams close out on him? Like, does he have that one dribble pull up to a jumper? Does he have that lockdown? Does he have a kind of a thing where he can kind of dribble in, maybe use his body post up, you know, a little bit kind of like mm-hmm. Dirk used to like, can, can he add some of that stuff into his game? Because I think that obviously like shooting threes is great and that will keep him in the league for a long time at that size. But, you know, can he open up his game even more? How And where could that take him? I think that's a good point. I, I as much as I hate to say, Oh, let's talk about what else we can add to Myers' offensive rep- repertoire. He's the perfect candidate for a Dirk type, which we've seen other people already incorporate. So it's not impossible to incorporate, but that Dirk's leg kick. He's a perfect person to grab for that because he shoots with his wrist. And so he shoots with his wrist and his fingers, and he's all touch. Mm-hmm. And so you don't he doesn't need to have perfect balance through his body to shoot a shot. Right. It's more about his arm strength. So that he's a perfect person for that. He's also the perfect person for he, it's again, he has a his has an elbow out shot, so his three pointer is weird looking. And he also has an odd looking sort of bent elbow, like hook or baby hook, whatever you want to call it. Mm-hmm. If he has a like you said, a way to get into the post and then a signature or like, or two, two moves to turn either shoulder to shoot that little hook. I'd like to see at least one post move. Cause we know he's not like, he's not going to be a two handed ball fake up and under Al Jefferson guy ever in the, in the post. But if he can incorporate that in, maybe you can run some more plays for that. And especially because I think the, the missing part of that would makes 
Myers a complete offensive player is having a couple of those moves because then he can be in the post. And when he's in the post, he's such a good passer. Uh-huh. That if, he, if, people, if players have to collapse down on him, he can get the ball to all of these three-point shooters on the Blazers. That's going to make him an even more dangerous offensive threat. Right. And, and the Blazers have good passing big men. I mean, Mason Plumlee, mm-hmm. great passer. But what would make Myers-Leonard so much more dangerous is the fact that he's actually a threat to score. I know Plumlee has been trying some mid-range jumpers. Um, I still don't believe in it as an efficient source of points. So especially after watching it a couple times, just like now that I've seen it in a couple of game situations. I still haven't seen it. I'm not not I'm not a big fan. Does he does, it, does he grip the ball with like, his thumb? It's he, like he it's didn't... like the Robin Lopez mid range jumper. Okay, like, you know. So he doesn't. He so, doesn't. He pushes it like this. He he has like a flipper and he just pushes it forward. No, so that, he, that's he, a, he, like, he all like his all his free throw sh- shots are like he that. He tries to shoot it, but it's like the free throw shot. Yeah. Okay. So yeah. Because his free throw shot, he he kinks his his wrist back, and then the ball kind of like rolls around on his palm until he gets rid of it. It's like grip the ball with your, your hands, or whether that's what it looks like. It's very right. strange. Right. And I'm sure he's worked. Obviously, like I'm sure that didn't come out because like he, you know, I, I'm sure he's worked on that shot a lot. But it, maybe it'll take a while for it to get incorporated into like actual game situations because you know we're seeing it, but. Um, you know, if Myers can do that, if Myers can, you know, dribble just a little bit, cause I think it's the one thing that like, he really cannot do that well is dribble. Mm-hmm. And if he can dribble to those post-ups, like if he doesn't have to have someone pass the ball to him because he's such a threat from three, you know, I could see people closing out on him and him having an opportunity, you know, to kind of take a couple of dribbles. You know, mm-hmm. and if he can do that without being a liability, without being a kind of a turnover, you know, without people kind of coming in from behind, like that is going to take him to the next level. And I think would really make him, you know, another interesting weapon for teams that have really good centers. Because, I, you know, yeah. I, I think you and I both believe like, you know, Plumlee is great, but it's it's this weird thing that it's like the better the center is. It's almost like Myers is the better option. And if he can mm-hmm. give you some of the things that Plumlee gives you with a little bit of ball handling, just not like running the floor like Plumlee. What I'm talking about is like someone closes out on a three-point shot and he puts the ball on the floor like twice. Like that's all yeah. I'm asking for Myers. And if he can do a little bit more stuff like that, then like, you know, it makes it even easier for you to play him in those situations because he's not just a three-point shooter. Well, I think – and that's that's the sort of the, the debate about Plumlee over the last, you know, seasons we've watched him is that – he his greatest offensive talent is obviously passing and Myers is not quite the passer he is, but he has a potential offensively to round out. And especially since he's a three point shooter to be able to sort of take that away. And we know he's probably already a little bit better post defender than him. So if, uh, if he can do something like, and, and not, not comparing him to Dirk at all, just because he's seven feet tall and can shoot threes, but comparing him to being a tall man who's, kind of goofy when he has the ball in his hands like that like you're right like the pump fake into one dribble forward and then you rotate backwards Mm -hmm. and then take one long step backwards with another dribble and on your second dribble you have the ball in your hands with no with no dribble and you're about eight feet from the basket or something because you know you're taking long six foot strides or something Yeah, you're taking seven footer strides yeah exactly that's that's that that's dirk all the way and it's like it's herky jerky and it's weird it's perfect yeah Yeah. it it doesn't have to be fun it doesn't have to be like really fluid or like natural, like Plumley, like Plumley dribbling the ball looks like he's been doing it for his, like all the time. But like mm-hmm. my, but if Myers can do just something like that, 
I, you know, and I want to see that. So I'm excited to see it on on, on uh, Tuesday night when they play the Lakers. That should be fun. I'm looking forward to that. Um, anything else uh, you're looking forward to in that game uh, or with Myers Leonard that you want to touch on before the, uh, we wrap up? Uh, no, I think, uh, well, we talked about the 15th man last time. Yeah. I was going for Grant Jarrett. Unfortunately, we saw Grant Jarrett's uh, time with the Blazers end when he shot that uh, air ball during, <laughs> during, during the last game. That was definitely Sorry. it for him. Sorry, Grant. Sorry, Grant. Well, I, I mean, that's what happens. You know it. I know it. That's what, happens, it. that's what happens when you make every shot in your first game. <laughs> it's like literally like he, he could not – like he was making like some bank runner garbage stuff. And like, and like listen, like he made some threes and they were like – I think he could actually shoot those. But like some of the stuff he was throwing up in the first game that was going, it was just nonsense. And so yeah. – um, but he did play again and he actually yeah. got minutes whereas – uh, Quarterman and Montero did not get to play. So, um, and I know we, we talked about Steamsma already. We, we've already said our Steamsma piece. Yeah. So no, I'm uh, the, the biggest thing I'm, I'm looking for uh, outside of the two players we talked about, Vonley and, and Leonard, uh, for the Lakers game is uh, the continued play of Shabazz Napier. He had a he had a great game on Friday, and uh, looking forward to what else he can do to just uh, maybe project out what he's going to do for the season. Yeah, and there could be games too where not regularly, but. I mean, there are a lot of teams that play weird lineups like Dallas will play three point guards and like I'm mm. sure, you know, like that gives Stotts an option to like, hey, we can play if we need to. If a team's going three point guards like we could go Shabazz, CJ Dame like we could do that. Mm-hmm. So like, I mean, yeah. So the fact that he's good um, and it, or at least is playing well in preseason and looking better than he ever has as a pro. Really? I mean, really, he he's looking great. Yeah. Um, in the minutes he's played that that could be a, a big asset for the Blazers against teams that really like to downsize. Cause you know, th- there are going to be those teams every so often throughout the season. So, yeah, for sure. Um, all right. Well, uh, you can follow me at Eric underscore Gunderson on Twitter, follow Dane at Dane Carbaugh on Twitter, uh, and subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, Google play, tune in audio boom. Leave us a five-star review, and we will be back with you uh, later on in the week. We'll be back a couple more times.